Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Off Grid NFL podcast, your one-stop shop for all things American football from across the pond here in the UK. I'm joined by James Fallows, as always. James, it's been a weird week in England, one day sunny, one day rainy, and even <laughs> snow, can you believe it, in March. The weather this time of year always, yeah, always throws up a surprise. Just like the NFL offseason. What a link. What a a professional. (laughs) It has been a strange old week for all of us. And in the NFL, it has been no different. Exciting, nonetheless. But the dominoes are starting to fall for this NFL offseason. Obviously, the the franchise free agency as well, getting closer. Uh, yep. Next week, obviously, that will be absolute chaos. Let's hope so. <laughs> we do a big one, like yeah, we sort of big it up every year, and sometimes it's slow to get going. And every now and again, there's some big moves, but I just, I just want that first week, just some big things to drop in. We've been, we, we, we're, we're waiting now. It's, it's yeah, we just keep. I think, I think last year was pretty big. Yeah, it was good. Was it was some, good. There were some some big big moves, but the names that... are there. The names are there this time, and it's just waiting for them now. So come on. We've been patient enough. <laughs> well, we've got an exciting pod lined up for you today. Uh, not only will we be talking about all the, the quarterback moves and where everyone's going over the next few weeks, we'll also be speaking to ESPN's Daniel Cartledge a bit later on about his New York Giants. Obviously, it's been a busy week for them regarding Daniel Jones's future and Saquon Barkley deals for, for the both of them with Daniel Jones being tied down long term and Saquon on uh, the franchise tag. But um, we'll start, it's it's 5 o'clock UK time, 9th of February, Aaron Rodgers remains a Green Bay Packer, Lamar Jackson still a Raven, we're hoping that Adam Scheffner doesn't do the dirty on us in the next hour or so while we're recording. And <laughs> I've always got this, my phone just on one side ready, ready just in case <laughs> to refer that big news flash but. I will be very disappointed this podcast is completely well, a, a, a break out an emergency like short pod afterwards just to uh, <laughs> top it off. We'll start with, I think, well, I mean, both are extremely big, big stories. Uh, we'll start with the one that I think we were probably expecting, albeit, I think, naively thinking that there would be a resolution quite quickly. That is, of course... Lamar Jackson uh, and the Ravens, who <laughs> yeah. put the non-exclusive franchise tag on the star QB, the, the former MVP winner, whose future remains so up in the air. Now, this non-exclusive franchise tag, to, to anyone who isn't aware, it means that teams from across the NFL can now negotiate with Jackson on a potential new deal. The Ravens can then match an offer once it comes in, but if they refuse... And that deal would then go through and they will receive first round picks for 2023 and 2024. Wow, it's all going on in Baltimore. Yeah. What a situation. Like I said, we, we were, I think, expecting something like this to happen. Yeah. But yeah. I think obviously, you know, now it's come about. It's yeah, it's really quite strange to think that that Lamar, someone who's considered one of the best players in the league, is his future's very up in the air. What's your take? Yeah, I mean, I think we, you know, we spoke about this happening when we did the first pod a few weeks ago, um, and we were saying, you know, he, he's going to get tagged um, first and foremost, and then it's likely that something will be worked out from there. It's been interesting to see the news of the teams that are supposedly out on Jackson, um, the big one being sort of Atlanta, who we always 
have sort of thought yeah. would be the front runners for him. Um, the other teams, not huge surprises, Miami and the Raiders, for example. Um, I don't know if this is just an Atlanta double bluff, just to see, just to sort of try and throw people off, see what else might sort of percolate in the background if any other teams bubble up, see if some offers come to the fore for him. And sort of by declaring themselves out of the race, seeing who crops up and, and what the offers are and testing the waters in that way and, and then getting back in and saying, okay, well, that's what we expected. So we'll go a little bit better and here's our deal. I like like you say I was very surprised that the teams not uh, not only saying that they they weren't interested in Lamar but it was it was the rate and the how quickly they came out after yeah. the news of him being, yeah. being tagged which really sort of struck me as as quite unusual you know surely and, for this type of player you, you're going to want to speak to him considering that someone like the Falcons haven't really got a starting QB in place at the moment. No, and and this is why I sort of think that it, it must be more of a smokescreen than anything else. I mean, how could you be out on a guy this unique and this good, like you say, former MVP winner? Okay, there are some questions about his durability. I understand that, absolutely. But there's no question around his skill set and around what he brings to the team and around him being uh, the number one guy for the next 10 years so yeah I, I it all seems a bit of bravado to me and and a bit of a bit of yeah just just trying to throw people off just trying to throw people off for now and calm down perhaps this sort of chaos seeing if baltimore do maybe put an offer out there and if if jackson is quite up front because obviously he's got no agent if he just comes out and says okay well this is what baltimore have offered how easy is it going to be for you to to beat this do you see that happening? Just, just, just see, just no. see him staying in Baltimore after all of this. I don't know how he does. I don't know how. How would a Baltimore go back to Lamar Jackson and say, "Look, I know everything else that's gone on, this, that, and the other, but here's the offer." You know, it's sort of they would have to go back a little bit, cap in hand, as saying, "Oh, man. all right, let's get this over and done with now. Come on." I mean, it just doesn't doesn't look good for the team, you know. No, and it, and it doesn't set a good standard for other key players on that team either just how they're going to go about getting sorted in the future now a lot of other players are going to be hit up with agents and stuff and you know you've only got to look at you know you mentioned the giants before somebody like daniel jones switched agents got himself a bumper deal you know maybe lamar should perhaps be thinking about going and scooping up daniel jones's new agent because that whoever that is has played an absolute blinder over there in new york but it, yeah, it, because it's it, all in his camp, it's just such a strange situation. It must, it must be so difficult because, obviously, yeah, like I say, Lamar representing himself, the, the perfect deal for, for a quarterback, Daniel Jones getting yeah, £40 million a year. The numbers that Lamar m- must be asking for must be astronomical. So yeah. I thought like Daniel Jones, who a year ago, these sort of numbers we were thinking... Well, I know if he's getting paid, um, I think I saw something just under a, a couple of hundred thousand pounds less a month than um, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Still I know. It's, not, it's insane. I know, I know. You really can't be. But the, the, I don't know if you saw this. Um, I think it was towards the back end of last week. Um, Stephen A. Smith was talking about the Lamar Jackson situation and was saying how he'd actually been in discussion with their with his camp you know i don't know who that entails if he's not got agents and stuff family or friends or whoever and he was talking about 
the the Sean Watson deal, saying he knows that was a complete outlier and the situation and the circumstances that were surrounding that were completely unique. And that he's not, Lamar Jackson isn't even asking for a fully guaranteed deal. He doesn't even, he knows that that's possibly difficult. Um, and, and he's not even asking for that. So I don't even know if he's asking for an out of this world contract. I don't even know if he's asking for the Sean Watson kind, kind of money. I know that when the Cardinals signed up with um, Kyler Murray, they, was it 189.5 million guaranteed? You know, you would think that that's, he's going to be looking for something around that sort of mark, if not a little bit more. You know, every year you get a new deal and that kind of then sets the benchmark for the next year, for the next guy. And they always go up ever so slightly. So, it's got to be close to the 200 million mark, which there are going to be some teams that obviously can't afford that. If you're giving guaranteed money out, one interesting thing that I learned the other day is that the team owners, when they're giving guaranteed deals, have got to basically have the money in escrow. They've got to prove that they've got the money there available to be able to pay before they can get the contract done. There are going to be a few teams out there that can afford to do that. You, you know, you're thinking of like the big hitting teams, you know, Denver, for example, could afford to do that because of who the family own in in a sort of business sense. Atlanta, going back to the Falcons, they can afford to do that. Their owners basically own Home Depot in the States. Massive company, definitely can afford it. will have the cash to be able to do it, which is why I can't understand they've ruled themselves out so quickly because it's not a case of being able to afford it. Okay, they've got other needs. I can understand them not necessarily wanting to give up all the draft compensation for it, but actually... You do a deal, two first round picks. That's not even a lot. It's not, <laughs> not really. really. Not when really you can not when you consider what like Russell Wilson went for last year. I'm struggling to believe a lot of what these teams are saying at the moment. And that sport through and through, you know, you hear what one party says, listen to what the other party says. So truth is normally somewhere in between. But you know, all we've heard from is Atlanta at the moment. We're not hearing from Jackson's campers to who he's been talking to or anything like that. When Derek Carr moved, for example, we knew where he was. The teams he was in discussion with. We know that Rogers is in discussion with the Jets. We don't know where Jackson is sort of going around to and, and doing deals and having having meetings and stuff with. So it, it is very strange and very unique. I can't see it dragging on too much longer. It doesn't make any sense for it to drag on too much longer. You would think he would just want to get this sorted and all parties would want to get something sorted before the draft so that they all know where they stand. So fingers crossed in the next couple of weeks, yeah. we'll we'll have more news. But for now, it's such a bizarre situation that I just can't... Where the next twist is going to be could <laughs> could literally be anything. It's, it's be really, anything. really intriguing. Just, just completely extraordinary that you know someone like Lamar Jackson can't seem to to, to find a team um, who will you know give him an offer. Just yeah, it really is sort of mind blowing to you know the, the the numbers and all the negotiations that are going on. But let's yeah. talk about a bit on the field as well. I mean, obviously he the, the style of play that he's had is coming to criticism. I think very unfairly uh, in the past. Um, yeah, he's quite injury prone as well would seems to be worried about giving him uh, you know a, a long term deal on the basis purely of of of, of his play and whether or not he'd be, he'd be fit enough to 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 compete throughout a, a whole season yeah 
he does have a very unique playing style um, and it's always going to be a question ever since he got drafted really is he going to be able to to keep this going long term there are other guys who I think also fit into that category you know although he's up there as the number one guy but like a Patrick Mahomes for example is his style of play sustainable over the next 10 years these athletes are adaptable and the longer that they're in the league they'll learn to change when change is necessary they know their bodies better than anyone they've got top people working at all these teams um to be able to rehabilitate them back from injuries quicker than than we even think that they're ever going to be able to i don't think that any teams would really be that concerned okay there is a little bit of history with jackson and sort of tailing off especially towards the end of the season when it when it's getting towards the, the sort of crunch time if you like but I, I don't know if what happened last year it, it is the full story with Jackson, whether he was as injured as he was making out that he was, whether he was just holding out on the team a little yeah. bit because of this sort of impending deal and, and, and trying to keep his body as, as you know fresh as it could be if, if um, when potentially he, he moves to somewhere else. There's not going to be anyone who's going to be concerned about his playing style as in it can't fit their team. You you will you sure. will adjust your playing style to um incorporate him and what he does. You know, I'm thinking now, for example, like um you know, like let's say like a, a Green Bay decide that they move on from Rogers and and love is still too much of a question mark. Their playing style that you know they've got good runners in the backfield but they could still you know utilize Lamar's running style um with you know the Aaron Joneses and uh, and that sort of power running backfield yeah. so there's going to be no teams with questions about Absolutely. making him fit them um mm. it's just it's it's just going to be the financials i think the there will be teams out there who will alter how they play to to suit Jackson, suit a player yeah. like him. For me, his potential pl- potential top side is worth the risk of the possible injury concerns. Because what if he stays in Baltimore now and doesn't get another injury for the next mm. five or six years and some team like Atlanta, for example, is kicking themselves because they're stuck in QB purgatory and they've not got anyone and they just think, oh, we should have just gambled. You, can, you never know. You never know. And uh, it's worth the risk. He's too good to not take the chance on, in my opinion. And we've seen guys like Patrick Mahomes, when it comes down to the big, big games, you know, they, they'll power through. If if needs be, and if it's coming to, you know, the championship games and the Super Bowl games and everything else, and he's in them, he'll play through with an injury. He just will, because that's the way these guys are wired. They play to win. They're born to win. Um, and so... I. Only because of the position that the Ravens have found themselves in at the point in the season where he's picked up these injuries do I think we've seen him hold back a little bit. And, and I can't blame him for that because why Why get it, Why run a worse injury in week 17 or 16 or whenever it is when you know all the other bits around you have fallen out as well? Is there any chance you feel Jackson may not even play in 2023. I think the the, the, the non-exclusive tag makes it a mm. little bit more difficult, but we have seen players, you know, big-name players at the time, yeah. have done similar sort of things. The, I think the most obvious one was was um, running back Le'Veon Bell, 
um, mm. who was looking for a big deal uh, with the Steelers, I think at around 2018, yeah. um, placed the franchise tag on him. He sat out and refused to play, uh, <laughs> you know, without the sort of long-term insurance. He joined the Jets a year later in a career, you know, four years on, or how, four or five years on, he's, he's out of the league. Is that a threat for Lamar Jackson? If he's so intent on, on securing his long-term future um, and, you know, doesn't want to get injured, he mm. wants to keep himself as, as healthy as possible to, to secure his future on the tag. I, I think it's the, the the slimmest of chances. I think the only thing, if he gets no other decent offers and the Ravens are the only team left standing and mm. he's trying to sort of sure, leverage his sure. position, he, he may hold it over them as a sort of... yeah threat to try and just get paid and but I, I, I then i don't think at that point that the ravens had let it happen it, it's it's a risky move because as good as he is you, you you've already sort of said you know you risk getting forgotten about and it would be hard to forget about his skill set and everything else but also it says something about your character when you just say okay well i'm not going to play and that doesn't sit well with a lot of teams. Yeah. You know, the yeah. Jets took the chance with Lev Bell, but he, you know, running backs are a slightly different different breed, and they they are very risky. Um, just naturally because of the impact nature of their position, and obviously, I, I understand that you could potentially put Jackson in that category because of his run run style play, but I just don't think he doesn't. To me, also, he just doesn't seem like that sort of guy. Like he seems like he wants to play yeah, more agree. often than not. Completely agree. I, and, and there's too there's too many good young talents coming up who will just yeah. take slots from the draft and everything else. Um, for him to risk just sitting aside, so I don't I don't see it happening. I hope it doesn't happen, yeah. and, and I, I can't imagine that it will. But you never know. You never know. Strange things have happened, I suppose, but it, it would it would genuinely shock me if that were the case. Yeah. No, I agree. Completely agree. But the only important question, your prediction, where will he be in September? Regardless of where he's playing or not, you know, the, the slim chances he's mentioned. Yeah. But, uh, um, will he be in the Ravens or will he have been traded elsewhere? I still think he'll be elsewhere. I don't see the the Baltimore situation being that resolvable all right they gave him the chance they've given him the opportunity to play to show what he can do so in in, a, in one regard you could say well he kind of owes the ravens but not really because somebody else would have picked mm. him up you know it, yeah. it's not like he was their only option um i just think that the relationships might just be too damaged now so i i just think that Somewhere else, it's going to be a it's going to be a fresh start for Jackson. I still can't see past Atlanta unless somebody yeah. completely comes in out of left field that we that we haven't thought about. But I, I, at the moment, I don't know who that'd be. I heard somebody mention the Patriots the other day. That just seems too much of a stretch for me. Belichick seems like he's got his guy in Mac Jones, and he likes him, and he's brought in a new offensive coordinator to to try and get the best out of him now in, in somebody who knows and Bill O'Brien. So I can't, I can't see a move like that. I mean, I mentioned green Bay, but even that would be a stretch. Atlanta just feels like the place for me. It yeah. feels like a good fit. 
there. Um, you know, the very plausible theory. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. I think the, the what we're expecting, I think, to be a little bit of a smokescreen <laughs> for them coming out and saying that they're not interested. Um, yeah, I can see this just developing in the next few days. Like you yeah. said, I think should be resolved very quickly. Lock yourselves in. It could be an exciting ride for the Bar Jackson fans. It's also a very exciting time to be a New York Jets fan. Obviously, the news this week, they've been heavily linked with a move for Green Bay Packers uh, star QB Aaron Rodgers. The Jets met with um, with Rodgers and his representatives um, on Wednesday. And yeah, essentially, for, for the Jets and, and everyone, it remains just a wait and see as, um, as, as, as Rodgers mulls his future over whether he um, wants to remain in the NFL or uh, retire. It does seem, however, very likely that he won't be at Green Bay next season. And, you know, the Jets yep. are the only sort of candidate remaining as a destination for him to play at next next year. Yeah. Yep. What do you think of this? It's been a long time coming for New York. They've been heavily linked mm-hmm. with Rodgers for a while, not not just, you know, this off-season, um, but last year as well, and a, him coming to, to New York, that makes him a contender, surely. Yeah, I think so, and I think that's why the Jets are the most likely destination for Aaron Rodgers at this moment in time. You you look at the pieces that they've got on both sides of the ball, and you would think he'd be intrigued by by both prospects. Obviously, they, it's hard to look at last season and, and see what they did and imagine what a, a QB, the caliber of Aaron Rodgers, I was a bit of a tongue twister then for some reason, would have helped take their record too, but it, it would have pushed them into the playoffs undoubtedly and maybe even beyond. I listened to the podcast that he did with his friend after he came out of his darkness retreat, um, Aubrey Marks and... It was a really interesting conversation. If you are intrigued by Aaron Rodgers in any way and you've not yet listened to it, I, I would recommend it. It was they both quite have this connection for, through spirituality and alternative medicines and healings and ways of thinking and very mindful individuals. And it was interesting to hear the sort of process that he went through while he was going through this thing of thinking about retiring and thinking about continuing playing. And and what I took from it was that the idea for him at the moment of retirement, it, well, it, it was just a bit too scared by it. He didn't want to retire yet. I think he still truly believes deep down he's got something left to give. And to be honest, based on his play the last few years, I completely agree. He absolutely has. He just needs a loaded team to go to and, it, and it's yeah. hard to think that the Jets are not in the best position to offer that at the moment, you know, from a team that is QB needy, you know, you know, it's not going to be, even if you compare them to the likes of Green Bay, um, which in my mind, it's either he stays at Green Bay or he goes to New York. I'm not too sure about any other options i don't think obviously that whilst the raiders have been linked that vegas given the kind of lifestyle that he likes to lead is the sort of environment that he wants to go to now i know that new york will be quite intense because from a journalistic point of view the press are incredibly 
on top of everything in New York and, and it, it will be a, a quite a shock for him, but I think the yeah. Jets will do their very best to protect him. Um, it's only going to be for a couple of years. You know, it's not like he's signing up for an eight-year deal or anything like that. Yeah. It's probably going to be two, three years at a push if things hold out for him physically. Um, but if I'm the New York Jets, I'm probably refreshing my social media feeds and NFL apps and <laughs> anything else it could have, every yeah. 10 minutes for the next <laughs> few days because it feels feels very imminent. The Jets fan myself, I'm just, just waiting. <laughs> and then Schefter put out his um, a little teaser <laughs> early in the uh-huh. day about, uh, oh, there's a trade. The Jets had traded for uh, the, the Baltimore Ravens safety, Chuck Clark, instead of Rogers, <laughs> which I was a little bit, you know, <laughs> Little bit about they all count, mate. They all count. <laughs> they all count. They all count. They all and count. It's, it's a, another hole fixed, and um, yeah, I mean, obviously the Jets still have a long way to to go. But last year was yeah, an, an incredible step forward yeah. for the team. The interesting thing for me is that the moves that the Jets have made outside of this, yeah, to clear up space, cutting Braxton Barrios, which I think we talked about in the first show, was a possibility of him of him going, and he clears up a decent amount of cap room Um tight end CJ Uzoma has restructured his deal. Um, he has cleared up something like 3.6 million. They've, they've cleared up something close to about 8 million, I think in these two moves, you know, what are you making cap space for? You're making cap space for, for new deals and not deals on, you know, not random safeties are good safety still, but you're making space for for a move that makes waves. You're making space for an Aaron Rodgers, surely. Yeah. It can't be for anything else. Corey Davis is the other big move that, that could happen for the Jets. If, if I think if he gets caught, then I think it's a clear clear indicator that because he's got a huge amount of cap space that it will free up that, that Rodgers is on the way. If they can keep Corey Davis, then great. Um, Keep them sort of them weapons there. But... You know, you got to, you, it's looking out for these sort of pre-deals, if you like, that, that yeah. lead up to the big one. That, that's is, always. Is there any danger in that sense? I mean, I don't see it as, but but are the Jets putting all their eggs in one basket, going after Rogers and having to cut these these big play players, um, someone like Berrios, who doesn't feature very heavily on the offense, no. um, is a well-liked teammate. Um, yeah, and, you know, yeah. good to have around in the changing rooms. Saves a lot of space, giving up you know draft picks as well um, for for a thirty nine year old someone who's yeah only got a couple of years left um, in the tank. Is there any danger that he's come back you know in a couple of years time when when he does retire and yeah the the, the Jets are back in their spiral if they haven't got you know mm. that that championship ring or you know at least getting deep into the playoffs. Particularly considering the the quarterback we've just mentioned who is potentially available in. In Lamar Jackson, a much younger player, completely mm. different in style, but someone who has also been linked with the Jets. Um, yeah, yeah, and 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 I suppose they are a possibility in, in that way. And I just think the Rogers deal makes sense. I think what they need at this moment in time is an experienced leader back there. They need someone with his kind of smarts and savvy of, of being able to read the game 
to utilize best the sort of young talent that's around him. Um, and, you know, I do think we saw a bit of that sort of happening in Green Bay last year with Christian Watson as he came on through throughout the season. You know, we had some knocks at the start when he sort of had that big play with the drop catch and, and he struggled, looked like he couldn't get back into the flow of it. Um, and sort of, I think it's guys in the background like Rogers. And again, he sort of talks about it in this podcast of, of chatting to him and saying, you know, the chances will come. You just have to keep your head up. You know, you have to stay positive and everything else. I think that's the kind of guy that the Jets need at the moment. And and if that can change the culture mentally within the Jets locker room for the next few years, being able to move on to somebody else, but but carry that mentality over will be easier than trying to manifest it out of somebody young who perhaps yeah. isn't that way inclined at the moment, who's still learning things sure. themselves. And on the flip side, what happens now in Green Bay? I mean, let's say Rogers does go to the Jets. Surely they're in the mood for love. Excuse the pun. <laughs> see what you did there. Very <laughs> but, nice. But obviously, he's been you know been sat there for three years. Jordan Love quite impressed with how mature and, and focused he's he's been. He's not really come out and said anything about him not being able to play, not getting the chances. Um, yep. He's obviously a very talented player, former first rounder, and been very sort of limited in, in the shadows of, of Rogers given yeah. all the years of, of talk about him. Looks like he will be the starter for, for Green Bay next year. What do you think what do you think about him? How you- yeah, I mean he, you need to you need to give him the chance now. Unless what Green Bay know is that actually he hasn't developed enough and we do need to move on. But there's not any talk of that. Everything is very positive that surrounds yeah. Jordan Love at the moment. Obviously, the situation is sort of reminiscent of Favre and Rogers. You know, Rogers having to sit behind for a number of years whilst, you know, Brett Favre continued to play at a decent level and, and then he moved on. I think the advantage to having sat is just what you can learn in the background you know, from a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Now, I don't know if he is a hugely brilliant mentor or anything like that. I don't think he would be a bad guy to have in the locker room. I don't think he would push another guy to one side. But obviously, he was quite peeved at first when the Packers took love because he didn't see it coming. And so, you know, that's understandable. He felt like he was playing at a good level and he had every right to be. They were kind of saying, well, we're drafting your replacement now because, you know, what if? And he kind of showed him by going out and having two MVP back-to-back seasons. So, you know, more for Green Bay. But what Love could have learned from Rodgers, from sitting, from watching, from being around him in training, um, you know, just watching his watching his tape when they are and what he's learned on the sidelines in real-life in-game situations could prove to be invaluable for his career. Now, he's obviously got to come out and show what he can do. And... That might take a few games because obviously he's he's only sort of featured here and there. So there is going to need to be an element of patience had with Jordan Love. But I, th- I think at this time, it's worth Green Bay taking a chance, even just for a year. They've got a good run game. They've got a decent mm. enough line when it's healthy. They've got receivers who have more experience now and coming in, in the second year and Okay, they're going to need a couple of pieces around him, another experienced receiver, and you would yeah. think a little bit of strength on the line to to sort of negate those injuries would be great. And then obviously you're going to have to look at a backup QB as well, an experienced veteran to come in. Um, 
So they, they they've have got, needs. They've got, the, they've got the assets to to, to build around them as well. This, Absolutely, this yeah. Of course, well, still... I mean, I think they're around twenty million. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, twenty million dollars uh, worth of, of cap space. They yeah. should get some premium picks back for for Rogers for this year. I know Absolutely. talk today that it may not be you know worth as much as as we're, we're thinking, but. Um, but yeah, there's there's opportunities out there to to, to yeah. around with, so. and he's still on a rookie deal. You know, you're not even paying him that much, really. Um, and it makes so, a huge difference. Yeah, it, it does. You know, difference. we we've seen teams like the Bengals, for example, use those rookie contracts really well. All right, okay, you, the Bengals, for example, are going to have to cough up at some point soon into more than one guy. But if you've got love in this space, and he and even if he is not necessarily like a top six or seven guy, but if he's a, an, a just an above average, if he's a, an above halfway decent QB, a strong running game, strong line, good depth at receiver, tight end, and a strong defense, we've seen teams go far. Like the Titans the last couple of years with Tannehill when they bought him in, you know, wasn't seen as a world beater, for example, but he did enough. You know, he he did enough with the rest of the pieces around him that they were able to push and maximise their potential in that way. So let's hope Green Bay can do something along those sort of same lines, if not go a little bit further. Now, two quarterbacks down, two to go from this week. I'll now be speaking to David Cartledge of ESPN. Let's talk about Daniel Jones and the Giants. I'm now delighted to be joined by a special guest for today's episode. ESPN's David Cartledge joins me now. David, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing, mate? I mean, it must be a, a busy time over at uh, ESPN with all, all the sport and now the, the NFL off-season ramping up. What's uh, what's new with you? Yeah, man, I'm doing good. It's, uh, it's, it is. It's very, very busy. I always say with these leagues, whether it be NFL, NBA or MLB, I think there's always way more going on in the off seasons than there is in the actual season. There's a lot more drama. There's a lot more talking points and what have you. And I think this past week has has already proved that. And um, and I mean, we haven't even ramped up to the main part yet. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's all busy, but I'm I'm enjoying it. It's absolute chaos, isn't it? I mean, yeah. next week. Well, this week has been incredible in terms of you know the moves, speculation. I'm a Jets fan, so I'm just checking for every <laughs> ten seconds, waiting for. For Aaron Rodgers to be announced today, <laughs> that's not happened yet. It might happen um, um, while we're speaking, but you never know. Um, obviously, you're a huge Giants fan. You cover the mm. Giants, and they've been one of the teams who've had a really big week um, to, in terms of uh, news-wise. Um, obviously, agreeing to a new four-year deal with with Daniel Jones and franchise tagging uh, his star running back Saquon Barkley. What's your initial reaction, um, having a few days to, to, to mull it over? Um, surely you're pleased with, with, with tying down these two players? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, starting with DJ, um, initially, when we heard that he was changing agency um, not so long ago, a lot of Giants fans feared the worst. They thought, right, they're going to really ask for a massive you know, pay hike here. And, and it, was the, it was the situation. And it sounds like, both parties now with the deal and having a few days, like you said, like kind of like rest on it and have a look at it. It's actually not too bad. And both sides come out of this, I think, on top because Jones gets his payday um, and the Giants, 
the way that they've structured the deal, it looks like pretty much in year two, they have an escape route. So if after two seasons, he's not proved that he's the main man, that he's not the QB that they want for the future, for the, this regime under Joe Scone and Brian Dabble, then they have a, you know, they, they, have, they have a way of engineering out of it. And I think that's what suits everybody um, here as well. So, I mean, it's four years, 160 million, 82 million of that is fully guaranteed. Um, and I think bottom line is having looked at it, it's a two year, it's another, it's another tryout period, but he's getting paid for it. So you reward him, you keep a guy happy. Um, you, you know, you're sure that you're loyal to him. You give him his faith. And it essentially as though it's another two year tryout period to see if Jones actually has it. Um, and yeah. then, if if they feel he's not up to it, then they can move on and they can look at draft prospects maybe in two years' time. You know, young Arch Manning's about, so so who knows? He he, he might turn out to be uh, the one for us. No, I think you make a, a really sort of valid point. I think that the Seahawks have done something similar with, with Gino. These two players, Gino and, and Jones, both have had rather unexpected 2022s in terms of how they played, how they sort of over sort of performed in terms of expectations. But now... The Giants made the playoffs last year. Surely that's the the, the minimum um, expectation for, for this year. It's Definitely. going to be difficult for, for Jones to continue this such a big reign of form. Um, the Giants are going to have to make a lot of moves elsewhere uh, in free agency. Yeah, what, what what are your expectations going into the year? Is it very very similar to, to, to what you achieved last year? Yeah, I, I think if we can do a repeat of last year, that would be incredible. I think, you know, I mean... Right now, I think we're very depleted in certain areas and there's there's clear areas that we'll, we'll fix upon. I'm sure we'll talk about those in a minute if we get to the draft. And I, th- I definitely think it's possible. And I think and a really important thing in NFL is having consistency. Um, and whether that be with your GM, your coach, um, and the right QB, and then obviously your offensive pieces and, and, and just a really, really strong O-line or what have you. Um, I think we improved in every single aspect last year and considerably so. No one, absolutely no one, there isn't a single Giant fan that thought we would achieve what we did last year. It was absolutely remarkable. I think it was the story of the NFL season, quite frankly, without bias. I think it was just remarkable what we did. Because if you look at how depleted the team was as well, going into the playoffs, going into the end of the season, it was quite incredible. I mean, we just, we didn't even, at, at times we didn't have running backs or wide receivers on the field. You know, we even played some snaps without QB. Um, and it's just extraordinary what, what, what happened. So, I'm confident, you know, we've got DJ lockdown, Barkley as well, lockdown now. Um, and it, it's all full steam ahead for the draft, really. And and looking for those pieces that we that really want there. Um, we need a big player wide receiver. Um, and we obviously need to, uh, you know, get on offensive line, defensive line as well. So it, it, I'm, I'm confident. And even though that pick is quite a deep one, our first pick in the draft is number 25. Yeah. I'm still confident that we, we've got enough. We've got 11 picks now. So the compensatory picks came through um, overnight as well. So we've got three extra compensatory picks. Sorry, two extra. And then we've got the one via the uh, Kadarius Tony trade from the Kansas City Chiefs as well. Mm-hmm. So 11 picks overall, um, you, you know, uh, two in the third round as well. So we can really pick that. I, I think we can really pick a quality wide receiver up in the first round. Um, or maybe an interior linebacker, and then the rest of the draft can basically pad out the rest of this team. And then there's obviously free agency as well to consider. I'd love for you to go after a wide receiver quite early. I think we've seen with a lot of teams built from the draft in terms of their offensive weapons um, last couple of years with their young quarterback. I know Jones, you know, compared to you know younger quarterbacks who haven't necessarily got their deal after their, their rookie contract. 
But um, but yeah, I think you were quite healthy in terms of cap space before the deal anyway for, for Jones. Obviously, that may take a bit of a hit. Are there any particular players that you're looking, you're quite with, I don't know, a lot of enthusiasm for, oh, let's, let's go out and, and try and do a deal with them uh, to sort of push you into a, a bit more of the contention in, in the East? Yeah, I mean, there's two players. I mean, especially from the draft, there's two players that I've, you know, highlighted I'd really like with our first pick. And I mean, we've talked about wide receivers there. And obviously that it's, that's important. I think, you know, in the past few days, there's been a lot of mock drafts saying that Jordan Addison might follow us, which I kind of don't foresee. I think he's I think he's too good. And I think there's too many teams before us as well who are going to pick up a wide receiver and he's really, really good. So I think Addison is, is definitely the one I'd be looking at if he is still on the board. I don't think he is though. And I don't think uh, Smith and Jig was going to be there. I don't think Zay Flowers is going to be there either. So um, um, Jalen Hyatt is somebody I really, really like. I've watched a lot of him. I really, really like him. So for the wide receiver position, I think from a realistic terms, Jalen Hyatt. Um, Now, if we went interior linebacker, um, I always like Clemson players, a bit biased towards them. I really like the way that they run their scheme there. And I think um, Trenton Simpson, who's excellent, linebacker um, would be the one I'd go to there. In I'd say interior linebacker was actually our weakness um, on defence in last season. It was, our big, it was glaring, I think, and it has been for a while. And we've got players there, but, you know, we, we need good depth there. We need to pad them out around them. And, I mean, Trenton Simpson from Clemson, his combine was outstanding. He met with the Giants at the start of the month as well. Absolutely. 6'2", 235 pounds. He did, his, he did 4.43 in the 40-yard dash. His 10-yard split was 155. He's just, uh, yeah, he's an animal. And he's got that speed and that coverage that we have sorely lacked at interior linebacker. A lot of a lot of prospects all sounding very exciting. That's, um, mm. yeah, let's hope it's going to be an exciting one uh, for the Giants in the next few weeks as we build towards the draft. I'm just going to flip it on its, on its head a little bit, the discussion going back to Jones. I know you're a big Lamar mm. fan. Yeah, um, obviously everything that's that's come out this week about him. I don't want to say, are you disappointed or not disappointed because you know you've, you've secured your QB for the next couple mm. of years? But would you have liked to see a team like the Giants, who haven't really been linked at all with or weren't linked before, um, with, with someone like Jackson to have maybe waited a little bit or put used the tag on uh, on Jones? Um, that sort of scenario is that just you know pure you know hindsight now? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think hindsight and honestly, the the cap situation that we had that was left from the previous regime had left us in a terrible position. So we couldn't yeah. make make that type of deal. I think we either we had two we had I think we had I don't think the franchise tag was honestly realistic with Jones. It would have really hurt us even more and limited our ability in free agency. And judging by Joe Scone's comments the past few days he's really wanting to spend some money. He said, we're not, we're not going to this market to be minimum anymore. We want to go into free agency with maximums, which is, which is really good. So that means we're going to get some nice talent, hopefully, on, on right deals. So we either did two things. I think we either gave him the deal that we have or we let him walk away. Now, if we let him walk away, it would have been really, really difficult. Because you look at the contracts that are going around for QBs at the moment and guys like Derek Carr, I didn't want anywhere near. He's older, he's commanding big money. And he's the sort of guy who would have been looking at Jimmy G. I, I don't want to be looking at this. I want that young core. I want somebody 25, 26. I want the team, you know, average age about 25, 26. Um, and, and, and that type of deal would have ruined it. Now, on Lamar, don't get me wrong, I would have loved Lamar. Like, please, he's one of my, he's one of my, he's in my top three QBs who I, who I enjoy uh, watching. Um, I would have loved him. Um, and, and what's gone on this week has just been, it's just been bizarre. Like, it really, really has. It's, um, it's sad to see, I think, for a guy who has carried, I think, that Ravens team 
entirely on his back the past few years since he came into the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's had enough help around him as well. The wide receiver situation there um, has been poor. They've not really drafted anyone top. They've not really looked to play those schemes to get wide receivers into the game because I'm of the belief that Lamar can throw the ball. He, he definitely can. There's enough evidence there that he can. This thing about him being a, a running back, a QB, is, is is ridiculous. He's unbelievable there. His rushing yards is incredible. But ultimately, he needed more depth around him. And yeah. even his running back situation has been poor as well, if you look at the injuries and what have you. So I don't think they've supported him. I think he's given everything. And quite frankly, they, frankly they've given him the minimum, maybe less than the minimum. They've, they've just yeah. not really given him anything. And for them to kind of, I don't know, disrespect him in the way that they have this week, solely on how they've operated, um, is just terrible. It's disappointing. But when you, I think when you look into the factors that, that you know, this this talk of collusion that the whole league were in on this basically to make sure that he didn't get paid, it makes it even worse. It, it really, really does. And I, and I really do feel for the guy. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the, a lot of bridges seem to have been burned by the Ravens and Jacks. I mean, some of me thinks, you know, it doesn't help that he's represented himself. But I think that yeah. the messages that we've seen, not just from the Ravens, but also I think the rate of, of we, we spoke about it earlier in the pod, um, the rate of the team's, Coming out and saying publicly that they, or you know, rumored to say that they, they're not interested in Jackson without even. Yeah. These are teams that haven't got a starting QB and are you know turning down one of the best players in in the NFL. Who they yeah. on a relatively cheap deal. I think two first rounders for someone like Lamar Jackson. When you look at deals from you know the past couple of years, is very very cheap. I know there are certain question marks, which I again feel are very unfair, mm-hmm. but doesn't really make sense to me. But, no, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense and I genuinely would love a team to come in and just present that offer sheet to him. You know, throw up the two first round picks and and, and get him in. You know, I mean, I know your Jets are looking at Aaron Rodgers and I really like Rodgers. I know the the tides kind of turned on him recently. I know a lot of people mm. have, have really really gone against him for for varying reasons. But I'd love to see the Jets get Lamar in. I really would because I, I think it would fit I think it would fit with their young car really, really well. You've got you've got some really nice wide receiver corps. You've got a good running back as well. And you've got a brilliant guy in Brees Hall. And, you know, it would it would just make so much sense um, for, for them to get him and, and not Rodgers as good as he is, you know, into two time, MVP, Super Bowl winner. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad to see the way it's uh, played out there. Just quickly, going back to the Giants, just want to yep. talk a little bit about Saquon very quickly. Mm-hmm. Tagged um, early in the week, uh, reports that he turned down a multi-year deal, I think, in the region of around 20, uh, 20 uh, 12, 12.5 million pounds, million dollars, sorry, a year. Yeah, do, do you, I mean, this getting tagged obviously crushes his his leverage in, they've got no incentive, the Giants, to, to, to increase their offer. We know what running back contracts are, are like in the NFL, um, given, you know, the, the, the position as a whole. Do you see this as... Um, building down on the way out for, 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 for Barkley? It's a hard one. Running backs are such a tough position, I think. And then, again, everything what's come out the past few days, stay close to everything what's going on with the Giants. And, you know, the word is that, you know, NFL insiders think that Scone isn't our GM, isn't really keen on running backs anyway, on, on paying running backs, and which I completely understand. I think, you know, time has shown, um, you know, with heavy usage, injuries and what have you, that they have got a very, very short lifespan. Um, and so people do look to these young guys and you look at the past few years, 
the players who have come in through low picks, you know, your Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, they've all come down through it into the NFL via like, you know, very, very deep in the draft as well. So if you do your scouting, if you do your, you know, your insight enough, then you can pick up somebody really, really good. So I think that's in the back of Scone's mind as well and the Giants' mind. I really, really do. Um, Barkley was incredible for us last season. He really was. Him and DJ really pinned that offence up. Without either of them, I think it would have been really difficult. I think in both cases, they're really similar in that we've let them down in their previous years as well through the way we set up, through our coaching. Um, finally, they've got something good, both of them, Barkley especially. Um, and I think we can build with him next year, absolutely. There's talk of us even agreeing a long-term deal. They wouldn't be anywhere near um, what he initially came into the room with. So the room was the initial you know what he his demands were ninety million a year. Giants bought that and said there's 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 just not a chance we we can't do it for one and also come on like we're running back you know how this works. Um, so I think the last Giants offer was in the region of about thirty million leading up the combine week. So it'll be interesting to see what Barkley thinks of that and and a long term deal. It would be good for our cap as well in terms of reducing the twenty twenty three cap hit, cap hit if he does get that. Um, it would spread the money over a little bit nicely. Um, and like you say, I think you made, you made the key point. His leverage is completely crushed now. Um, and look, I want him to remain because he's a big, we, we need big player players and we need a wide receiver in the draft. who's a big player player. And we've currently got one in, in Barkley. We need to take, we get, if Barkley's there and we get a wide receiver in the draft high up, a really good big player one, we take a lot of the weight off him as well. And that means he can focus more on his game. So there's lots of sides to this as well. So, and look, I love him. He's my, he's my favourite player on the team. He really, really is. He's he's what um, a New York franchise is about. Big player, mega star, you know. Um, and I really, really like being him there, him being there. And I hope he stays. One or two pieces away and you, you could be looking at one of the more exciting um, offences in, in the NFC, potentially. Yeah. David, it has been a pleasure to have you on. Sorry, it's been very short and sweet. There is a lot going on. Have you got any predictions of what, what you think is going to happen in the next couple of weeks? Uh, any, <laughs> any big trades that we haven't really sp- spoken about that you can see happening? I've heard, I've heard uh, Hopkins could be... Could be yeah, 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 yeah. And I watched that I watched that, pa- I watched that. Pat McAfee interview and it didn't really come across to me as that was a guy who like knew he was going to be at the Cardinals for a long term. So I can see him... Definitely OBJ coming back into the league. I think that's a given as well. Um, I still think some big things are going to happen. You know, you look at the, I mean, everything, the pitch is changing every single day. I mean, reports overnight that the Rams want to move on from Stafford. So there's that as well. There's talk of Henry, Derek Henry being shopped around. So there's a lot that, ha- there's, a, there's a lot like that's actually going to happen. I mean, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I see Rogers going to New York uh, to the Jets. I really, really do. I, I, I see that happening. Um, and and D Hop, yeah, I can see him moving on as well, you know. Um, so yeah, it's ugh, there's just so much going to happen. It's honestly hard to say because it's just crazy, you know. You know, it's like it's it's so so exciting. It really is. Well, we can't wait, and I'm sure you can't. David Cartledge of ESPN, thank you so much for coming on. Follow me on Twitter, all socials. Keep up to date with all the latest from across the NFL and other sports as well. Thanks a lot, mate. And we'll speak. Thanks, to you. man. Yeah, appreciate it. Back to the quarterbacks, we're going to be talking about the first quarterback to get his his future sorted this week is, of course, Derek Carr, who has been a free agent for the last few weeks after being released by the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, After nine years with the Raiders, he has joined the New Orleans Saints on a deal which is worth, I think, around £160 million. Four-year deal, 150, but with 100 guaranteed. So, you know, there's still a lot of 
you know potential for um, for it to, to jump up there. You know, you would think that extra fifty million is whether they or not nice they can get to the incentive. playoffs and go on a nice little run. But some good mm. incentives there for for sure. Are you are you pleased for for Car? I mean, the Saints seemed the most likely destination for him after last season. He obviously re- reunites with uh, former uh, Raiders head coach Dennis Allen, and it's, it's a place where he can he can go and make it. He's only comes to the NFC. Um, in a division where there isn't a great <laughs> amount of talent yeah. at the quarterback position, can yeah, can Derek Carr take take the Saints back to the next level? You think? Yeah, he's gone from one extreme to the other in terms of the divisions that he's gone to. He's gone from arguably one of the toughest divisions in the NFL to probably one of the easiest at this moment in time. Um, like you say, very QB friendly. Um, he's easily the best quarterback in that division at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, I said last week. That the Saints are sellable, providing that you can keep the pieces around him. And obviously, with the cap, obviously we sort of run the joke every year. The Saints are playing without a cap, and they have been doing since Drew Brees days. And and it, it's it's sort of like they're they're in full video game mode at the at the end, of the, like while the off season's running. But they always sort it out. Um, okay, they've moved on from a few pieces the last few years. But in terms of what's there at the moment, yeah, it's, I think it, it, it's a great situation for Derek Carr to be in. He goes to a team that's got a good defence, which he hasn't had for arguably any of his time at, with the Raiders. And there are pieces there um, on the offence where you think that they could you know, continue to be successful. You know, I've seen the tweets from the players Michael Thomas tweeting, you know, sort of, you know, how excited it was for Carr to be there. I mean, that's great if you can A, stay on the field or even B, stay on the team, because I'm not completely convinced that that's going to be the case with Michael Thomas, to be honest. And I sort of mentioned last week whether or not they would have to offset with guys like Cam Jordan, who's been there for a long time, but still has value, um, and whether they would need to move on from those sorts of guys to get under the cap. Things can change quite quickly um, and deals can be restructured. If Thomas moved on, I don't think it would be that much of an impact on the team because he hasn't been playing anyway. Um, And the few times we have seen him, he doesn't necessarily look like the same guy. It's a good move and I am pleased for Carr. Um, Slightly frustrated with the Raiders, obviously, as a fan because this was the team he went to speak to and maybe we could have got something back for him if we could have just got this deal done sooner. But at the same time, Mm. I understand why he took his time and why he wanted to explore all the options because there were quite a few teams out there interested in him. So you, 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 and after everything that he's done for the Raiders over the last few years, you know why you should you should go and test the market. You might only get one chance to do it now before he perhaps hangs up. So yeah, fair play to him. It's a good move. Saints fans should be pleased. He's a huge upgrade on what they've had the last few years. I don't really care what anybody else says about how well they played under Dalton and everything else. They sort of played as well as Dalton could play and Derek Carr's yeah. potential is certainly a lot higher than that and we've seen it be a lot higher than Andy Dalton. So I'd be, I'd be I'm intrigued to see how he gets on yeah. and I hope um, for him and his family and everything else that the move works out well obviously it's four years at this moment in time that's not to say it couldn't go a little bit further but yeah yeah fair play to him and good luck to Derek Carr and to the Saints as well I think they will be an intriguing watch next year absolutely I think it's a it's a big prove it year for for both the team and the player I think Derek Carr probably had one of his worst 
years as a quarterback last year. Doesn't help with obviously everything that that, that goes around him, but you know, I think the expectations were, were, were so high on the team after trading for uh, Devontae Adams. Um, and Josh, Josh Jacobs obviously stole a lot of the high, um, the, the um, uh, limelight um, on the yeah. offense. So yeah, I think I, I, again, I'm really hoping that the car can um, can excel this year. Yeah. Um, is there is there any threat of this unraveling similarly to how the Broncos and, and Russell Wilson did last year? I know obviously that it's, it's not a massive. Oh, well, compare comparatively, it's not the yeah. a, a bigger uh, you know blockbuster trade. Mm. Wilson's probably a bigger name as well, and the expectations were, were so high on the Broncos to to, to improve. Yeah, but there has to, yeah, there is something I think that Carr needs to show the NFL and, and sort of put, you know, prove yeah, that he's I, still among the top fifteen, pushing the top ten sort of quarterbacks in the league. I take your point. I, I do understand what you're saying. Last year, Devontae Adams was still one of the top five receivers in the league, and you can't be one of the top five receivers in the league if the guy throwing you the ball is absolutely terrible. Um, whilst it wasn't one of his better years, you know, you look at everything else, the new coach, the new system, a complicated scheme by all accounts. Everybody says that he works with Josh McDaniels, that it's a very complex system. Um, and it was probably just proved it seemed to be proving too much for not just the quarterback but for the team in general um so i don't put too much of that onto car yeah he's going to want to go out and prove it he's going to want to go and prove that he's still a, a a top level guy and above an above average guy he's not a guy to just be slept on or forgotten about um he's going to want to put up big plays where he can it's going to be advantageous for him to be playing indoors in his home games you know in a dome um, where the fans are very much always on your side even when things aren't going that well um, they will give you an opportunity to be able to upset the opposition um, and, and for you to capitalize on that so they've got a good run game um, which is one key thing that any top QB in the league needs at the moment Okay, there are some questions around Alvin Kamara at the moment. I understand that, but let's just say that he is there and able to play. Then he's he's one of the better backs in the league still, um, and they've got you know decent receivers. Um, you know Chris Olave last year again, similar to Devontae Adams, he still put up good numbers despite the limitations with QB. So you know with somebody coming in who can offer more, who's got a better arm. It's still a decent enough like deep ball for those vertical threats. You would think they could do some damage and they'll, they'll make some noise in that league, I'm sure. I, I'd be amazed if they don't if they don't run away with, with that division, you know. So that's four quarterbacks who have stolen all the headlines of the last seven days or so. Obviously there's been a lot elsewhere in the other positions that has been taking place. We've seen you know, free agency moves already, plays being cut. The rumour mill as well is is starting to turn with the likes, the stars of Derek Henry, Jodie Hopkins, and Nick Chubb have been mentioned that they could all possibly be on the move of the next few weeks. Yeah. What's been the biggest surprise for you, James? Talked about some of the cuts. Is there anyone in there who... You didn't expect to be, um, well, and, and obviously the, the franchise tag deadline as well. Is there yeah. anyone in there who you feel 
surprisingly cut or, or not tagged? The cuts haven't been hugely surprising because you can make a good excuse for everything that's happened. Frank Clark is the name that jumps out to me to begin with. But again, I can understand why the Chiefs have moved on from him because his play has been inconsistent over the last few years. He's sort of has had those seasons where he's come good at the end um, when they've really needed him to. Um, but I, I can understand. Um, obviously, they've got Orlando Brown, who is a free agent as well at the moment. So they're two big positions that the Chiefs are going to really need to to fill again. Um, the Bucks have moved on from tackle Donovan Smith. I mean, it saves them fifteen million in cap space, just over, and they are in sort of a uh, they've got some cap problems. So again, this just feels like another part of the Bucks reset at the moment. Um, and I think that's what their moves are are all about at the moment. It's about re- getting themselves in a decent cap position, resetting at a few positions for some of the more experienced guys, maybe giving them an opportunity to go and move on to somewhere. Mm. They probably owe them a little bit. You know, after they got a ring a couple of years ago, you know, it's, it's going to be hard for them to the box to say well can you stick around while we rebuild for the next couple of years you know somebody like donovan smith plays in a position where you know you don't play into your late 30s or anything else so it gives him a chance to move on and find another needy team who he can just sort of go and be impactful for straight away so i mean there, there's been non-surprising moves um i don't even know what did we call do we, do we call him chosen anderson now I mean, it's still Robbie Anderson to me, but, you know, he got caught along with Rodney Hudson from the Cardinals. Couldn't believe, yeah. Could, yeah. yeah. I was more Couldn't surprised how much, by... how much money he was still getting paid. And... I know, I was going to say, I was most, I was <laughs> surprised by A, the name change, B, how much money he was making, and then not surprised that he got caught, to be honest. Um, Hudson, again, is another one. Just been injury prone, just unfortunate, yeah. because he, he's... he's He's a good player when he's healthy, but is he coming towards the end? Um, the one yeah. thing that I was really interested to see um, was with regards to the Chargers, because I was sort of keeping an eye on Keenan Allen as being a potential cut candidate. But then I'm seeing earlier today that Allen and Williams have both restructured. I mean, that's interesting. Surely if they're restructuring, then they're both thinking of sticking around rather than moving on. Good news for Chargers fans. Huge um, Does that pave the way for another... Another big deal for them. Obviously, they were very busy last year. Not as healthy as they were in terms of cap space, but they've certainly got the um, the Arsenal to make to make a move. Considering as well the the, the changes that they've made. Yeah, there's, and there's a few names to keep an eye on as well. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott at the Cowboys is one of the bigger names, despite not necessarily mm. being one of the more impactful players. But like again, on the running backs, Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon potential cut candidates and I could see them all moving on to be fair. Mixon is the one that you would think would be a little bit more of a head scratcher in terms of why would they want to move on from him at the moment but they are also going to have to pay Burrow and uh, at some point and he's going to command a huge fee and so maybe they're clearing up space to do that for the future and we're hoping that they can land on a, a running back in the draft which you know a lot of teams have, have been doing the last couple yeah. of years and, and isn't hugely difficult because they've got a good good system there that's, that's fairly running back friendly if you can land that power guy then I think they'll be okay um, Jordan Poyer for me is the other name to keep an eye on 
seen that he's been quite heavily linked with the cup and he's been quite vocal about not necessarily wanting to stay in Buffalo either. Now, he is 32 years old um, and obviously plays in a position at safety where he's actually still been playing at a super high level. You know, PFF's coverage grade 92.1. He ranks first among safeties since 2020. So he's been playing well, but he's only probably got one move left in him. And if he's going to move, it's probably going to be now. And he's been quite vocal about wanting to move to a tax haven as well. So don't be surprised if he ends up in Miami or in with the Raiders, for example, um, because he's sort of put, put teams on alert already as to where he wants to go it's not necessarily going to be a huge scramble for him but a big loss if he leaves Buffalo and something that they'll have to address that maybe a couple of months ago they weren't considering doing either but yeah yeah you know a lot of a lot of question marks a lot of big name guys to to keep an eye on at this stage and trades wise as as we mentioned there's yeah circling rumors I think the, the shocking one for me was was Derek Henry? I mean, it's it's a little bit. It's not not hugely surprising in terms of the um, you know the the Titans are looking like they're they're, they're moving towards a rebuild, and yeah. Henry has regressed slightly. I think over the last couple of years to to what he yeah. was, he's still yeah, got yeah. a huge name. I, I feel in in the league, and you know, he's the epitome of the, the Titans from the last you know five or six years. Um, yeah. Do you see that? Do you see that um, that that sort of trade um, you know, building sort of momentum? Is there any potential you know, takers? Would you would you spend a, a you know a second or third round pick on on Henry? Is, is he past it? Well, I think it really depends on the on the situation. If you're a Bills, for example, who've not had the greatest run game, but are probably a strong run game off making that that push toward the Super Bowl when they've been so close the last few years, taking some pressure off Allen's legs as well, then maybe spending that second rounder is quite an easy thing to talk yourself into. You know, it's what the Titans will want to want to command for Derrick Henry. Obviously, a couple of years ago, it was the first round and no problem, but running backs don't hold the value. You know, we've seen that that's not the case throughout the league. And given his age... Um, you would think a second rounder would 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 be about right for the right team, you know. And I don't think he's going to want to move on. You know, he's given his all to the Titans to try and help them get as as far as they can go. He's not going to want to really reset with the Titans or reset with another team. He's going to want to go to a contender. So, yeah, I think it's easy for any team who's on that cusp, if you like to be able to talk themselves into spending a second rounder on an experienced guy rather than taking a punt on somebody in the draft, which obviously leaves a little bit more of a question mark. Okay, you could have them for longer, but they've not... For the Bills, again, for example, that you know they haven't done too well with their running backs the last couple of years, whether it's been in the trade or through um, drafting. And it's just... Yeah, I think they they would like to get that name in, um, and and I can I can see it happening. Um, the Rams and Matt Stafford could be subjected to a trade. Expected asking price as a third rounder at the moment. Wow. Um, which you know the Rams are probably gave up for him a couple of years ago. That. Yeah, I mean, obviously it did it did it paid off immediately. You know, they went and won the Super Bowl. So are they in sort of? slight rebuild mode at the moment as well um 
for the players they've been moving on. You know, they cut, cut Wagner after a year as well. He was an experienced veteran guy. Is it is it time for them to... For, we've never seen Sean McVeigh in a sort of rebuild time. He's always been in win-now mode. Um, and now that he's staying, that could be an interesting... He's one that's going to, to, to throw into the ring. Yeah. You know, you you would think that because there's still the likes of these veterans like him and like Jimmy Garoppolo as well. So you know, every every uh, every hour something just seems to progress, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, do you, is that a good move for the Rams? Do you think to move on from him now? What what would they do? They haven't really got again. I really don't know for, for that price. Well, what happens? They they don't have a premium pick in um, in twenty twenty three. Surely, you want your team to to at least compete in. You know, you, you won the Super Bowl less than two years ago, a year ago. You had a lot of injuries last year. There's there's no, yeah. you know, you've not got Baker, and he's a significant downgrade to to, to Stafford when he's healthy. I, I just don't see the logic personally for for that sort of price. No, I don't either. It's a bit of a strange one. Um... Obviously, they had Mayfield there last year, who's a free agent now. Do you sort of bring him back and just say, okay, well, let's see what we can do and, we're, and we're, we'll go sort of more in on 2024? But by that point, really, Aaron, Aaron Donald's going to hang it up and, <laughs> you know, the, the you're going to waste another year of Cooper mm, Cup yeah. on the deal that he's on. Obviously, they want to try and maybe move on from Jalen Ramsey as well. It's a weird time for the Rams. More they sort bad of time in LA, more bad time. Just, it could be a difficult couple of years for Rams fans. Everything is just getting very chaotic. It's what we love. The NFL is such a uh, an unpredictable league all throughout the year, and we're expecting a lot more drama in the next few weeks. This but, is um, why we love it, yeah. This is why we love it. James, Off-Grid NFL's Encyclopedia of Knowledge, thank <laughs> you so much for, uh, for coming on the show once again. Um, Thanks yeah, for the big up. I'll take that one. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back Next week, obviously, we've not talked about the NFL Combine and the NFL Draft. We'll be ramping up that coverage once the frenzy of free agency is over. We've got a lot to talk about um, in terms of who picks where, potential trades, and obviously the quarterbacks as well. You know, seeing obviously the top performer of the Combine and Anthony Richardson uh, do so well and catch so many eyes. Is he a potential dark horse for the gonna, overall pick? We're going to be seeing the, the, the Johnny Bisbee mock draft. Is this what you're getting at? It's uh, impending. impending. <laughs> any, any day now, you'll be seeing any day now. graphics and uh, yeah, mock drafts. Love it. So please, yeah, please uh, check that out when, when it's available. Um, yeah, it'll be online very soon. But uh, won't take too much more of your time. Thank you so much for listening. Um, stay safe. And yeah, see you next time.